and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, the podcast where we answer your questions about the church from inside my guest room, <sighs> where we have a guest in the room. You guys think that it's three days later. Really, it's three minutes later. Joel's still here. Can I talk yet? <laughs> Joel has not left yet. You told me I can't talk. Can I talk yet? You're really chatty when Joel is here. I'm chatty all... This, it's a podcast. No, you're sitting there looking you on your phone. You got to be chatty. You're sitting there looking on your phone, looking at studies about people sniffing farts to prevent dementia or tagging that me That was like a, three months ago. Muppet memes and all kinds that of... That was like nonsense. four months ago. <laughs> Gosh, you live in the past, dude. We, we haven't even been doing Get this podcast current. for four months. Get current. Get current. Hey, Joel's here. Joel is here. He's our deacon candidate. <laughs> You're great. I, I'm so excited about that. You're great. I can't wait. I can't wait for him to actually. The like, joke that makes one and a half people uncomfortable <laughs> that like five people exact, laugh at. It's the exact one and a half that's uncomfortable. And like 297 people are like, what's a deacon? <laughs> Why do we need to vote for him? <laughs> right. Where do I cast my vote? Uh, go to belonging before believing and Joel. cast your vote for Joel Biddle. Deacon. <laughs> <laughs> Where we'll find dimple chads, hanging chads, all kinds of chads. <laughs> what? We're voting for a guy named Chad. Hey, if you had a letter next to your name, Joel, in parentheses, what letter would it be? <laughs> it would be redacted. <laughs> it, would, it would be some kind of strike He was through. way quicker on that than you were, Joel. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd have something right off the cuff. Point your microphone at him. He's closer to you. He didn't like that last time I did it. <laughs> Guys, I swear there's another dude in here. Joel, this is audio. You can't have dead air here, dude. You gotta say something. Say something. What letter? Just a letter. How many fingers no, am I holding up? The letter. Uh, the letter L. The letter L. Yeah. Good lever. Lever. <laughs> He's a, a leopardarian. A leopardarian. <laughs> he has his own colony. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where everybody's parts are falling off, but the government won't put them back together. There's no Humpty Dumptyism here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy, what a good time that that went somewhere in a hurry. Let's not even do a topic today. Let's just keep talking about Joel. <laughs> uh, great. Okay. No, seriously, we do have a topic. Oh well, you changed your mind real fast. Okay. Okay. So I can tell jokes. There's, there's no okay, possible there's way this to guy. segue. He's on a desert island. No, okay, I'm not telling that joke. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go. You are something else. You know that? <laughs> I do. Okay. Are you ready for the question now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody who's been listening to this has known what the question has been for at least three and a half minutes. So we can dangle Why? all we oh, want. Oh, because it actually has a title. Okay, you guys want to hear something funny? Every episode, Pat is the last person to know the topic <laughs> because you've read what the name of the episode is. You've seen the Instagram and Facebook posts, and Pat's sitting over here like, hey, what's the question? And I literally never know at least 90% of the time, right? Literally never at least 90% of the time. <laughs> This is what makes it so listenable. <laughs> is that a word? The linear conversation? No, just the mind of a genius. 
How many how many percent butterscotch Whipple is genius? Is it is it twelve? Is it twelve percent? I think it's at least eighty. Eighty percent butterscotch Whipple? I don't know. We we'll have to look, Joel. Look that one up. I said Whipple. You're no, right. I know, I know. It's Whip. I know because I love that movie. How much percent of butterscotch Whipple? Augie's YouTube channel. His yeah. username is Butterscotch Genius. That's good. Yeah, I know. Hey, Augie Fash, if you listen to this, happy getting married, dude. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the thing that's coming. I just told Pat. I just had to break him the news that I will not be attending this year's Canvas conference with him, which was a great time last year. Yeah, it was so good. It was a great time last year um, because I will be seeing Augie get married. You're going to be more than seeing him well, get married. You're going to be the best man, right? Well, yeah, but I mean that just means that you have like the best seat in the house. You still and you got to do a lot of work. Not during the ceremony. There's heavy really. lifting there. I got to hand him a ring. That's about it. During Is the that ceremony, it? I'll walk the maid of honor. That's anyway. a good. St- that's good stuff. Depends on who the maid of honor is. Oh, dude. I don't know who it is. <laughs> is she not cute. What <laughs> if, are you saying? If I offend- wait, wait, whoa, whoa, what are you saying? <laughs> I I'm just saying. That I make, don't know who she is. I'm okay. not going to no, no, no. sign off on you somebody. Off. I'm not, I'm not letting you off that hook. That I'm not easy. going to sign off on somebody I've never met before. What, what would qualify a, a not good time walking the maid of honor down the aisle? She like, you got to give her a little extra help down the aisle? So somebody who's weird about like holding my arm. That's it. Well, that would be, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, somebody who steps on my feet. Um, somebody who has not easy on the eyes, somebody who has Cheeto dust on their elbow armpit. Um, somebody who's been shooting the heroin that morning. Yes. Somebody who steals my wallet while we walk down the aisle. Somebody who smells like Indian food. Oh, Um, somebody. So so a stinker. Okay. So (laughs) Brian can't have a heavy. I not did not say that. Eyes. I said yeah. you can't step said, on my foot. I said you had to help her down the aisle, and you said yeah, and kept on trucking. And anybody who listens is going to say no. He didn't say what if yeah, she's but so I don't care. In my mind, he said yeah. What if she's so skinny that she's frail, and that's why I have to help her down the aisle? You're the one who How put is that weight better? into that. Well, I'm a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> we can make fun of our own. We were so close to jumping into the topic. <laughs> okay. So close. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're so right. I'm not. <laughs> All right. Does the sinner's prayer have any validity? Okay. So I love so, how you just got out of all of that stuff we were I talking just about by bringing off, us like, back to the topic. Eighteen things on the flight. I didn't even have time to think about it. It's a lot of. You want a congratulation? You want an award? Well, Here, I'll give you Augie's trophy up there for your your quick wittedness. Here's your yo-yo trophy. The national championship trophy from 2005 is sitting on my bookshelf because Augie left it here when he lived here for like. That's two, how months. important it is to him. Yeah. Well, we can do. We left it with you. I already asked the question, and you <laughs> still keep going back. You were not this like squirmy when we were talking about money, your least favorite topic. So I'm getting the wiggles out. All right. So does the sinner's prayer have any validity? That will be what we reduce this question to. No, that's the big I, long one, though. All right, exactly. But I want to read the whole thing for those of you listening. So does the sinner's prayer have any validity? Slow down. I so I can it. remember every part of it. Well, I said that fast because I've already said it like four times. Meaning? Question mark. Yeah. 
Is that the point of true conversion? Okay. Is it baptism? Okay. Or is that a thing? Is cre- baptism the point of true conversion? Right. Okay. Um, or is that a thing created by the Western church to stir emotions? I think that's going back to the sinner's prayer. To the prayer. sinner's prayer. Right. Got it. On Got a it. bigger scale, what saves us? And okay. then it says, please summarize this question. It's horribly worded. LOL. It's almost like I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, but I know who wrote it. And it wasn't me. It wasn't you. No. I didn't even know we were doing this until Joel picked it like a little bit ago. Yeah. Okay. So the first part is, does the sinner's prayer save? Right? I mean, that's... Does it have any validity? Validity. That's what we're summing up. Okay. So, well, in my mind, those are two way different things because I do think there is validity in the sinner's prayer, but I certainly don't think it saves. So let me talk about both those things. Can for, you? Yeah, are you going to explain what the sinner's prayer is for all of our? Yeah, yeah, that's right people? where I was going. So oh, good. no, I'm I'm glad you you made me say that though. Um, the sinner's prayer is something that is kind of an American Christian tradition that has arisen over the last I don't know, like 150 years, generally speaking, and it goes something like this: where you are wanting to get saved. And so you pray, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I'm really sorry for all the things that I've done. Please get, take me into your heaven. Amen. And that's so, something with those elements to it, where you're acknowledging Jesus is the Savior. You're acknowledging your own sin. You're acknowledging that you want to be forgiven. You're acknowledging that you want to go to heaven and not hell. But I think the big thing that makes it labeled like the sinner's prayer is that it's kind of ritualistic, right? That it's like a formula, that it's something where it's easily... This is what the sinners pray for they could get saved. Right, very formatted, right? right? right. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I would. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think the formatting of it is very modern, like within the last 50 years. I don't think it was quite as rigidly laid out before the late fifties, maybe in the fifties as like what we just said. I think before that it was, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not even going to talk now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I I was curious of the people in the room. Um, was that the... Who's the oldest? I don't know. I That's know me. the answer to that question. I know who the youngest is. Um, do, uh, did either of you guys end up uh, in that environment? Did you end up ever praying a sinner's prayer? So as the least mature one in the room, I will answer your question. As the least mature currently? Yeah, that's me. I'm the most immature. Okay. Even though you seem to think and want everyone to hear you're the youngest. I'm for sure the most immature. Well, I wouldn't say I was the most immature. I would never say that. Okay. Seriously, so uh, I don't remember praying a sinner's prayer. What I remember is I was broken over my sin and I prayed. And it wasn't like a formulaic, like, you know, the kind of thing where if I were to pick up a track, you probably don't have one laying around here. A track? Yeah. No. (laughs) No. No, I don't. Okay. Shows how much street witnessing you do. (laughs) I want my neighbors (laughs) to like me. (laughs) Touche. So anyway, no, I don't remember praying that. Joel, do you? 
Do you ever pray one of them sinner's prayers? Yes, when I was five. You did? Yes. Who, who led you in it? My mom. Your mom. Well, I mean... Is she going to listen to this? Is she going to get all prob- upset now? Probably not. But if you think about it, the content of a sinner's prayer is appropriate for a five-year-old. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well said. Okay. I, so I don't yeah. remember praying it, but okay. So is it... Is I, it- I do. I was six. So okay. I'm, in, I'm in the same boat as Joel. And I remember it was Mrs. Stevenson in Sunday school, which is crazy because I got to visit my grandma's church, what was it, last month? And I sat behind Mrs. Stevenson in church. And she turned around and tried to lead you in it again. (laughs) You poor boy. (laughs) No. Um, No, but the reason... Did the Chico rub off on you here? Let's pray the prayer again. So uh, (laughs) the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because for me, yes, I was six. And yes, it was very much, you know... scripted repeat after me even but i was six but i remember going to a camp it's always a camp maybe like three or four years later and some dude is preaching his heart out and he you know does the altar call thing it's like a campfire call or what there's no altar you know what i'm saying though but and i remember thinking like oh gosh it was it must have been like real fire and brimstone it didn't take it must have been real fire and brimstone because i was like Oh crap! I wonder if I did it right. I really, really want to make sure that I didn't do that you wrong. Didn't Maybe. leave that part. No, and here is where, here is where the sinner's prayer part of it I think is actually relevant to the story because I remember thinking like, I wonder if I said the right words. Like the so, words actually mattered to me, and I just wanted to make sure that I was like extra double sure that it took. Here's the crazy thing: is so much of religion and not just Christianity, religion in general, is reduced to this very formulaic, it's almost like magic. Like you got to say this spell in order to get this thing to happen, right? So you're not dying unless I say a vada kedavra and I say it right, and then you're dead, right? Right. And, and one but of it's these, the opposite with Jesus. Right, but, uh, well, hold on. Don't get ahead of me. But, you know, you have to say gaudium leviosa, not leviosa. Not leviosa. Uh, it's leviosa, right? Yeah. So a lot of Christianity is reduced <laughs> to that kind of nonsense. That if we name this the Harry Potter episode, <laughs> listeners will double. Dude, I love Harry Potter. Yeah, we should do. do one on Harry Potter. Let's li- yeah. Somebody ask a question about I, Harry Potter. Wait, wait, wait. I hate Harry Potter. We need to do one on Harry Potter. Let's, let's leave them in limbo. I just said I like it. Doggone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. What, so what of course it. they, well, of course any, of course they know I like it if I just am quoting spells. And even like the two two big ones. All right. So the ones you're not supposed to say. You could say Wingardium Livioso. It's the Avada Kedavra one that's going to kill you. Please continue. Okay. So much of Christianity is reduced to that kind of stuff. You have to say this in this way and do this at this way. Stand up at this time, pray this particular prayer, kneel here, do this here, which is why I think the questioner is led to is baptism valid? And, or is baptism what saves you? Because that's another tradition. Is it the point of true conversion? Right. Another ritual that we do. It's, again, this formulaic, this ritualistic thing. And I want to stress as strongly as I can, we're joking around a lot in this episode, and I get that, but, but salvation is not through ritual. 
It's not through prayer. It's not through baptism. It's not through any of those kind of things. Through family South, line. Through family through line. Your, yeah, who your what, parents are, what kind of house that they run, and but, like what kind of friends you run with. or Yeah, it's for sure not that, how much you tithe to the church. Where you go to church. Where you go to church. Who your pastor is, what books you read. How many times you've been to confession and said certain type of ritualistic prayers. I mean, it, you know. How many times you went to Camp Silver Spur with the Royal Rangers and said that prayer because you weren't sure if Mrs. Stevenson's one took? Yeah. And how, or yeah, how many times that, you know, you, you go to the, the temple in Salt Lake City and, you know, you, you do all the rituals there and, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's not that. It's faith and faith alone. Do you believe? Do you trust that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is enough? to save you from your sins. You don't have to do anything. It's just believe. But that belief is comes from the Lord. The Lord is the one who gives you that faith. Um, several places in the Bible, it teaches that. Philippians 129, Ephesians 2, but God gives yeah, you... If you the, haven't listened to the Calvinism episode yet, go back. Yeah, but we don't quote those passages there, so that you can listen to that. But, well, but the principle that you just... Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. No, you're, you're right. The principles are there. God gives you his faith. It's faith that saves you and faith alone. I would say the sinner's prayer, the reason why earlier I said, yes, there it is valid-ish, I didn't say that, but it is valid-ish, is because... It has validity. I think the very first thing that you do as a Christian instinctively is pray. Like, when you're born, you just take a breath. You're not taught it. You know, maybe it has to get coaxed out of you a little bit by spanking on the butt kind of thing, you know? But it's the first thing instinctively we do as people. It's just a part of who we are as humans is praying. I'm breathing, pardon me, and praying, I would say, is similar in that it's very instinctual as a Christian. You just immediately want to do it. And so the sinner's prayer is helpful when it's used in that way, as helping somebody who has first believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to pray for the first time, to walk them through something. I, that that can have help and can be valid in terms of its usefulness as a instinctual action. It is not salvific. It doesn't save. In fact, many people have said those words many times and have not been born again. Why? Why did they say it though? Emotional response. There's pressure. There's pressure in the moment. You know, I I know a guy in particular that I'm thinking of that his girlfriend took him to church and he kind of wanted to hook up with her. And so this is the way he thought he could hook up with her is go down the aisle and pray the prayer. And he went and did that. And then she thinks she has a Christian all of a sudden. Didn't that happen in Friday Night Lights? I don't know. Did Riggins go down the aisle in Friday Night Lights? I've never seen that show. Well, the resident expert is in the room right now. in the room, Joel. Did Riggins go down the aisle? He tried to pretend he was converted, and Lila didn't believe him. Mm. That's a chick? Lila is a chick, did yes. He, did he want to kiss her? More than that. At o- least. On the lips? On the lips? Yes. Oh, it got spicy on Friday To which Night she said, these lips are for praising Jesus. Not if your lips have touched alcohol, they won't touch ours. <laughs> so uh no that's why i brought it up though was the second half of that question um is it a thing created by the western church to stir emotions so you would say yes for sure the altar call was 
we can trace that back to the anxious bench and, um, oh, I can't even think of his name now. Finney. Yeah. Charles Finney. Good night. That's, so, do you see a picture of that guy? No. Dude, that guy's so severe looking. Like severe he, looking. Right? He looks like he's shooting darts of ice out of his eyeball. That's his superpower. Just to shoot darts of ice out of his eyes at you. Man, that guy's freaky looking. So Charles Finney. <laughs> oh, jeez. <right>? <laughs> I'm oh, not wrong. You, man. you just looked up his picture. So <laughs> Should I make that what our Instagram yes, picture is yes, for this episode? For sure you should. For <laughs> sure you should. <sighs> so... So, Mr. Severe Eyes, he invented... He looks like a zombie Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) He invented this thing called the anxious bench, where he would have people come forward who weren't converted and sit up in the front, and then he would just lay on the guilt and lay it on thick. And this is where fire and brimstone preaching came from. People want to point back to Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And while, okay, I'm not going to discount that, I think certainly Finney is the father of that kind of fire and brimstone kind of preaching. And his whole mindset was psychological, that he did not believe in the same things we believe, even though he was ordained as a Presbyterian minister. He believed that the will was malleable and that he could bring people to faith simply by emotional manipulation. And that was his whole idea. That's where the revival system came from, was Charles Finney believing that he could manipulate people into the kingdom of God. And all they had to do was emotionally or mentally assent to the truth of that, not fully believe. So people would come down, they'd fall down, they'd cry because he's laying it on super thick. And of course they felt guilty. And that, you know, this emotional response proved that he was getting through to them and making his point in saving souls. When in reality, all he was doing was making people feel super, super duper guilty. And that's about it. And he wasn't leading a bunch of people to Christ as much as people want to think that. And as much as people want to believe revivals are doing, like I've been to so many revivalistic crusades. Greg Laurie is a great example. I went to one down in Southern California. Calvary Chapel is my background and went to one of these things and it was at Anaheim Stadium and there was like thousands of people that came forward and somebody who I was sitting with was just like, oh, this is so amazing. Oh, and I remember even back then going, you don't really think all of those people are getting saved right now, do you? And just blew their mind mm-hmm. that I would even think such a thought. But I did. I, I still today don't think all those people got. There was a ton of people going down there as reconversions. There was people going down there. You, you might not know this about revivals, but they have people set in the stadium in particular places to come down at the time to kind of prime the pump kind of thing. Right. And there's people going down there for that. Sure, there might be some people who are really emotion who are really being saved but for the most part that's not what's happening yeah so i think now is a good time to bring up what is what was another question that was asked for us but we're kind of combining it into this episode but why has becoming a christian been boiled down to pray this prayer and you're good to go because it's because like why why do those people who see the thousands of people coming down the aisles think like oh like that's exactly what's happening here they're good to go Okay, I think that makes the exchange a lot easier. Mm-hmm. If I can get you to just say these words after me, 
and I can tell you you're good to go for both of us, that suddenly becomes a way easier exchange than you need to be born again because you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Repentance and faith are what's required of you. And in doing that, your entire life is going to change. That's a hard message for me to preach. And that's really hard for you to hear and follow through with. So I do think that it's, I, I think a lot of it is convenience. I was going to say pragmatism. Yeah. A lot of it is numbers. A lot of it is pragmatic. It's just, hey, this works. If I can say something that's going to get you to say these words after me, then, hey, I, I feel real good. I saved souls today. You, you can now go home at Thanksgiving to tell your mom, oh, yeah, I prayed the prayer, you know, over here with the dude. and <laughs> With the dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that dude. The dude abides. I don't, I don't mean the. Bridges, I don't mean yeah. the dude. I mean <laughs> the dude. <laughs> Two way different need dudes. to accept Jesus, man. <laughs> he for sure went <laughs> Joel almost spit his beer out. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think we'd make him uncomfortable or laugh this I'm gonna much. Put I think Charles Finney <laughs> right next to the dude on this episode. This is gonna be great. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about. We're talking about Jesus. Pray this prayer Pray and you're good oh, to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pray this prayer and you're good to go. So, no, here's where I want to wrap up because the last question that this person asks in their trail of questions is what saves us? Faith alone. Faith saves. Here, here's the thing. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. I, that's hard to hear, but it's the truth. You, me, Joel, Brian, all of us, our sins, because they've been committed against a holy and righteous God, are an offense, and they need to be atoned for, meaning they need to be paid for. I can pay for that, and it would be considered justice, but I will be paying it for it forever in hell. Or somebody can come and take that punishment for me, and that's Christ. And the reason he could do that for me and for everybody else is because he's not just merely a man, but he's God in the flesh. So he bore the wrath of God in my place and in everybody's place who will ever believe so that they might have his righteousness accounted to them. God treated Jesus as if he had committed all of my sins so that God can treat me as if I lived Jesus's perfect life. So the gospel is, here's what you need to do. You need to believe, first of all, that you're a sinner, that you truly do stand under the wrath of God, and you do deserve it. I know I do. I have no problems with my own sin. And I know that I deserve death, damnation. I deserve that. But God has seen fit in his grace and his mercy to send Jesus Christ to die and on my behalf then be offered salvation. And so Christ died for me so that I can be saved. So here's salvation is I believe that. So on the last day when I stand before God, what do I say except Jesus died for my sins? That's it. I have nothing else to stand, right? It's 2 Corinthians 5.21 that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Right. Any prayer that we end up praying is simply a response of something that's already taken place. Yeah. 
So listener, I, you know, we do this and we joke around and we have a lot of fun. Um, but the, at the, at the end of the day, the truth is, is that we, we want you to know Jesus and we want you to know Jesus in the same way we do. And that's as our savior and as our Lord. And we really do believe that it is the truest, most freeing, most elaborate and ostentatious expression of the soul that one can possibly have. It's what we were created for. We were created in his image to worship him and to be with him forever and enjoy him. And anything less than that is wasting our life. Yeah. Question of the day. You want me to do a fun one for you? It's you, dude. Yeah. I've got one. Okay. All right. If there are two Disney movies. No. Oh, my gosh. No. But I do have an either-or question. Okay. Riggins or Saracen? Are you a Riggins person or a Saracen person? And if you don't know, I'm not even going to answer you, Pat. Google it. I know. I'm not going to Google it. Why would I Google that? It's, I would go it's my watch, show. I would I'm go not Googling anything. It. If I don't know, then I don't need to know. I do know, but I wouldn't know except... Joel Biddle said it earlier, but I would go and watch that show, but I'm probably never going to watch that show. That is not going to be the first piece of research that you do for this show. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done much. You're right. (laughs) Don't do research for this show. Anyway. We just show up and hit record. Record. We don't hit play. Well, you do sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) You don't hit record. (laughs) (laughs) Riggers and Saracen, (laughs) tell me in the comments. Remember, we believe you belong. <laughs>